This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. Let's imagine for a minute that our lives are the experience in a very exclusive restaurant. So what's coming to the table is not necessarily something you choose. But if you trusted the chef, perhaps you might give it a try. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. I have a friend who's a yoga master. I mean, she's devoted her entire life to the practice in all its iterations. She's 75 years old now, and she still moves with the grace and the litheness of a woman ugh, half her age. And when she gets sick, she recovers really quickly. In fact, recently, after an abdominal surgery, the doctors told her she'd be bedridden for weeks. But within four days... She was taking really long walks around her neighborhood. She is, she should stay this way, please God, a picture of health and serenity. And God willing, will stay that way for a long time to come. When I asked her if she credits yoga with her vigor, she wholeheartedly agreed, but with a caveat. She told me that when it comes to yoga, so many people eat the peel and throw away the fruit. What did she mean by that? Let me explain. She said that in her years as a teacher, she's met many, many new students who come to her classes with the intention of having long, leaner muscles and to lose body fat. So they would demand hot yoga experiences before they could even do a basic downward dog. In short, she said, they were looking to yoga for weight loss and body shaping. And in her experience, those women were eating the peel and throwing away the fruit. You see, she explained yoga is more than poses and actions. It's a system that contains both body and spirit, the muscles and the mindset, that one would likely do better to adopt the yoga philosophies than to do the physical aspects if they only had to choose one. So in the past, I've discussed the notion that the word spiritual is a compound word made up of spirit and ritual. Remember, to be spiritual means that the aspirations of the spirit are matched with the rituals of the physical practice. And in many ways, she explained to me, yoga as a practice is only maximized when both components are firing at equal priority. And to use it to sculpt your legs is to eat the peel and to throw away the fruit. I was kind of left with my mouth hanging open. Because in many ways and in many situations, she's really correct. Yoga notwithstanding, how many things in our lives do we not maximize because our agenda chooses a la carte? But living life to its fullest really isn't an a la carte experience. It's more like an expensive tasting menu at a really fine restaurant. The cost is very high, the chef brings you course after course, and there's no menu whatsoever. It's all up to the chef. Now, of course, you do have some choice in this situation. You can decide not to eat the course he puts in front of you. You could try, not even decide to not try it. You can taste it and then reject it. 
You can complain after the meal that there wasn't enough food, or that it wasn't any good, or certainly not worth the price of admission. So what's my point? Let's imagine for a minute that our lives are the experience in a very exclusive, expensive, rarefied restaurant where they only have this tasting menu. So what's coming to the table is not necessarily something you choose. But if you trusted the chef, perhaps you might give it a try. Perhaps at the end of the long meals, you might say, that was an amazing culinary experience. Not every course was to my taste, but I did try some things I never would have ordered for myself, and surprisingly, I liked them. Well, what would make someone choose to be served up food that they didn't order and are not sure they liked? Well, firstly, they would have to trust the chef. They would have to believe that the meal that they were receiving was carefully curated for a sensual experience that was created to highlight all there was to try. On the other hand, they might think that on a status-seeking journey of their social standing, it was a must to go to this restaurant or at least be able to say they'd been there or say they'd been seen there. And they might make the reservation, but only for drinks at the bar because maybe they won't like what was being served. And that would be such a waste of money. So we decide to sit on the sidelines, sipping our cocktail and not truly experiencing the full buffet of life because, well, what if it isn't to our taste? Jewish wisdom tells us that when we die, we're going to be asked, were you honest in business? And did you take pleasure in all things that were permitted to you? There's a story of the great Torah giant named Shimshon Raphael Hirsch, a great rabbi. One year, Rabbi Hirsch decided to take a vacation to the Swiss Alps. People questioned his decision to do so. Wouldn't his time be better spent continuing his study, focusing on that alone? To which he apparently replied, When I meet my creator and he asks me, Shimshon, did you see my Alps? How shall I answer him? How often do we content ourselves with the peel and not try the fruit? How often do we sideline ourselves out of fear and trepidation? How often do we settle rather than dive into the sometimes messy and not to our tastes experiences of this world? Should we not trust the chef who has created all of this world for our pleasure and recognize that if it's being served to us, that is, in fact, for us, and that even if it doesn't taste so sweet or even completely to our taste, that in the end, it's part of the highly personal and curated feast that God has prepared for us? You know, one can live their life purely on the surface, of course, one can do what, in the art of canoeing, they call lily dipping, which is where you dip your paddle so shallowly into the water that you barely propel yourself at all. One can ignore the feast and eat the same food day in, day out, because we've come to know it and we depend upon it. And we can age and become calcified versions of ourselves, the same at 50 as we were at 40, as we were at 30, and so on. Sometimes, by the time we peel that fruit, we're too tired to eat of its flesh. We only eat things that are fast food, 
things that are prepared and ready to go, things that are familiar and that we know. And yes, one can have a perfectly fine life in that mode. Oh, but what a waste. This week, can we look at our daily practices and ask ourselves if we're missing out on the full experience of truly living? Can we do not just the yoga poses, but also attempt to internalize the mindset of that practice? Can we trust that the master chef knows what he is serving us and that he knows why? And that if we reject or ignore the splendor of this world, rather than enjoying that which is permitted to us, we'll have to answer for it later. Step out of your comfort zone, because our growth and our pleasure lays just outside of it. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.